What's up, Phoenix, Arizona? What is up, Savannah, Georgia? I'm doing. I'm gonna do a whole thing now. I'm trying to retain listeners. What's up, Dink Dong? I'm that's trying to drive how, them that's away. That's not how we retain them. Okay. We, I think if we're like, "What's up, Glendale, California?" and people feel represented, they feel like we're calling them. You know, we're highlighting them. What's up, Birmingham, Alabama? Yes. Uh, what's up, Hoover, Alabama? What's up, Dublin, Ireland? We don't have any <laughs> listeners in Dublin, do we? Yeah, we do. Not anymore after that. <laughs> What's up? This is the same accent. What's up, London, UK? Oh, my God. That was the worst There's a, <laughs> British yeah. accent I've ever done. Anybody's ever done. Um, what's yeah. up, New York, New York? You keep saying what's <laughs> up, and I just want to keep saying what's up, ding-dongs. Do you think this is going to work? Yeah, I do. I do, too. I think it's I a foolproof too. plan. What is up, Jasper, Alabama? Hey, all right. Okay. This is the Side Talks podcast. We, we love you all, every city out there. You heard those cities just now. That is where our listeners live. We love you, Coal Ash, Alabama. Coal Ash? Is that a place? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it was about 10 years ago when Langford had that truck driven, driven oh out God. of it. Um, anyway, we, we talk about, we for every city in the world, in the universe, really, we talk about movies. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. I don't think we have listeners too far out in the universe. What's up, DeSantos, Florida? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, what's up? Um, the moon? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Not yet. We haven't named a city on the moon yet, but we're going That's to. That's true. We're ready to take over. If there's it's... anything living there, we're coming there, we're killing it, and we're taking your land. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. So let's talk about movies. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. What up? Brad, tell you what, uh, if you haven't started the timer yet, can you adjust it a little bit? I think let's do a three-minute fight today. Gotcha. I'm going to tell you why. Three-minute fight, because we're both of us are a bit lukewarm on this one, but we've decided that we fall more on one side than the other. And this is a film in the lineup, by the way. So if you want to go ahead and start the timer, it's a three-minute timer, we're fighting about past lives today. Yeah, a movie I think is very good. I don't think it's a capital G great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I will say that, like... I think this is a really strong special feature debut um, from a promising filmmaker from from this this writer director Celine Song who comes from the stage like the sort of character that it strikes me as kind of semi autobiographical to some degree I would but imagine. I don't want to speculate on on too many specifics but the main character in the film is also an aspiring playwright and it feels like oh, some details are, are taken from her life. Aren't all films somewhat autobiographical? Sure. Lars like, von Trier, Nymphomaniac, Part One. And I two? was going to say Marnie. <laughs> we were thinking <laughs> probably, similarly. Probably. Um, but but you know, I, even though there there are, I think some some kind of minor issues that I have with this movie overall, I think it's quite strong. Uh, I'm really impressed by the performances. I'm really impressed by how patient the movie is. It's definitely patient. Um, That's one way to put it. Well, okay. I'm getting the sense then that one of your issues is the pacing. You know, it is a little bit, but more than the pacing, it's the structure. So I, 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 Look, I'm taking the con. I I didn't hate this film. My expectations going into the film, which is unfair perhaps, were, were a little heightened um, because I thought it was a great trailer. And the trailer's part of the problem here. Okay. And I also thought, you know, it, it, 
I just had I was expecting a lot. Here's my main issue with the, with the sucker is that the uh, the chronology is just messed up to me. Like I don't need to see the like seven years pass on screen. Text on screen is an issue for me when mm. it comes to time passing. I think that's messy. I think it's sloppy. I think it's unnecessary. And then also there's things like I don't need to see him serve his military service. Well, I, I just don't need to see yeah. that. There's, it's we're a little here and there and back again, and I just I think it's unnecessary. You could have shaved off about seventeen minutes and cleaned this little thing up a bit. Well, I, I do agree that the passage of time being somewhat clumsily handled is one of my issues with the movie yeah. as well. So I I'm not going to push back on that point. Yeah, it doesn't sound like we're too far apart, at least on that. But you know, overall, I I came away still really impressed and more, I think, emotionally invested than I kind of realized that I was by the time this thing reaches Maybe. kind of its third act. And, uh, you know, without getting too far into the story, even though the trailer kind of does, there's a, there's a reunion in adulthood um, with these two sort of childhood sweethearts. Yeah, I kind of got to the end and went, all right. All right. And I didn't, I wanted more than that mm. for myself and for this filmmaker. And I think, again, the trailer is, the trailer's been a bit rammed down our throat and we're, we're going to ram it down some other throats tonight when we play it again for our, for our festival sneak peek. But part of my issue is that too much is revealed in the trailer and that the trailer sells a film that it, it, it isn't really, it's a very different film, I think, than what's in the trailer. And I know that we can't really necessarily weigh completely a film based on its trailer, but I, it is having an impact on me a bit yeah i mean obviously mm. time's up and i don't want to go to the five because we said we weren't going to but uh, i've just okay I, and, I would and say i'm arguing very, very i'm good. arguing eh, mm. very good certainly worth seeing you know the, uh, it, it's one of, you don't think it's worth seeing okay, come on it's right. worth okay. seeing for okay. sure um because i think that um there's a lot of really beautiful really well acted okay. moments i think it's nice it's a shot. film of moments it's not a it's not a film of completion and listen sam i'm 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 all about that before sunset before yeah, sunrise and I'm not, before midnight and I'm, I'm all not about you know, it. The, the trilogy there so you know that's where we're coming from here folks that was the sound of sam entering the booth to weigh in so much drama in that movement right i forget you can hear that part <clears throat> i like it i'll do it more sassy next time um okay yeah, the, um, I have not seen this, but I have seen the trailer for the past, like, week, yeah. every night. Um, How you feeling? But no, um, I mean, honestly, it's such a good trailer, I don't get tired of it, and it's yeah. so wonderful. But now that Rachel has said that the trailer is kind of a problem, I'm a little worried that it won't be as good as it looks. Because I was very much looking forward to it. I mean, I still am. I'm going to see it. Um, but yeah, and I'd, agree, I'd agree that the... Uh, time passing on screen doesn't need to be shown with text. Um, it's kind of lazy. Um, and we can tell. It's kind of obvious. Um, but, I mean, I'm kind of siding with Corey what? here. I mean, it's a debut. And for it to be a debut like this, um, I don't know. It's kind of wild. Um, so, yeah, until I see it, at least, Corey wins. Oh, just because. When, when, when everything else is in question, just Corey wins. Sam is a sad boy like me, so we yes. sad boys have to stick together. Oh and, and Yes, we're actually in the past lives right now. Right. And once I see it, it'll be our future, like... I mean, you know, the one thing I did kind of like about it, actually, was that the female character in this 
isn't there is a landing place with her emotionally that feels a little cold and i think that's real mm-hmm. and i like it it feel it does feel a little like you know you're you're being a little bit of a baby dude and and maybe you're right you know, maybe if things had gone a little different, we wouldn't be together. And eh, we're going to continue to be, but but we're married, so there we go. There's yeah. a bit of that vibe to it, which I really actually kind of like, instead of it being so heavily sentimental on the side of the female character. Uh, yeah, if anything, I don't think it's it's sentimental. That's for sure. Yeah, but I think you and I kind of take separate things away from that moment without. Probably getting too much into the spoiler side of things. Yeah, I think maybe that's arguable, but I like that about it. I like that we uh-huh. can kind of discuss whether and what we think, where we think that character's landing. So I do th- those things. I do appreciate, but I will say there's a good bit of sentimentality in the trailer that isn't there. That part of my point is it isn't there in the texture of the film. I don't know that that necessarily makes the film. I mean, I. It just means that the trailer feels like a different movie. Is it a slowed down piano version of that Rihanna song <laughs> right. in the movie? No. No. <laughs> Which also would lead to the sentimentality that that brings but, not there. Sam, yes. the score is by some dudes from Grizzly Bear. Oh. Yeah. So okay. we, we got that in the plus column. Yeah. That's cool. So you'll, you know you're going to be a little depressed, mildly depressed. <laughs> That's what we want. That's exactly what, what we want. For. Sad boys. <laughs> oh, man. We win. Oh. And you lose at the same time. What? <laughs> oh man! So we have done multiple episodes of uh, uh, of this podcast in which we have a list. We uh-huh. go down yep. best summer movies, best Mother's Day films. That's right. Hell, we even did a, a, a micro series throughout where we listed our top what two hundred films or what have you. That's right. My list, by the way, has changed so, so much. I know. <laughs> I'm mine, so ha- sorry. mine has too, and that's okay. And maybe we'll. I don't think we have to revisit it fully, but maybe someday we'll revisit some of our changes to the list. But, yes. But it's going to continue to change as we watch more films and as more films are released. But I think that we have a list today, and I think we should call this segment of the podcast anytime we do this the list. <laughs> do you Just like said it? Like that? I do. I, like, say, I, I think. I kind of so. love it. So this is the list. The list. And this list, I think, is hilarious because this list came up when my my friend Candace, who also has an occasional segment on the podcast, things Candace says in a movie, comes up, and she te- texted me about a week and a half ago, and she, she was having a um, a little breakfast lunch party because I've 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 committed myself to never saying the word B R N. You want to say it? I'm not even going to spell it all the way. Brunch. B brunch. Yes. I've I've committed to never saying that word again. Yep. It's a whole I'm not going to give you the backstory on that, but I have friends holding me to it. I'm never going to say that word again. So we went to a breakfast lunch thing at her uh, place and she said yep. what would be fun during this breakfast lunch would be for us to come up with our our list of the top 10 lesbian films, which is a very Candace thing to say by the way. So I presented my uh, we're the only ones who participated by the okay. way. Okay. And I presented my top 10 list of lesbian films, but I don't think it's appropriate for Corey, even though he feels like he's on the side of all lesbians, to come in here with a list of 10 lesbian films. So I've asked him to do a bit of a different list, a list of a white guys, straight white guys. That's right. Even though canonically I am an ally, I mean, that's been long established in this show. Yeah, for sure. So I thought it would be fun to bat back and forth the these two lists, the straight uh, white guy list and the lesbian list. And uh, we'll start with number 10. And I just want to tell you, first and foremost, okay. as not as not to be surprised, you're going to hate this lesbian list. Maybe not. Yes, I don't know. But, but I have gonna... a question. Can I ask a question yeah. about the, the, the psychology behind the conception yeah. of this list? Yeah. So are these like 10 movies like what exactly what does it mean to be a top lesbian movie are these movies that that pertain to 
you know, important themes and subject matter are these movies that may not, but still are just sort of like they embody sort of the lesbian yes, thing. That's right. Okay. They embody the lesbian thing. Sure. That's a really good way to put it. They embody, you know, they're a, they're a top 10 list of the canonical lesbian film. Okay. So that when you, what happens, Corey, is when you come out as a lesbian, uh-huh. you get a box in the mail. They, they just send it to and you. It, oh, you open it up and it has, <laughs> it has a little tube of chapstick in it, cherry chapstick. It has like, you know, I mean, it has like a, a copy of personal best. I mean, there's some stuff in there, right? Okay. There's a nail clipper. Sure. Okay. So there's that kind of thing. And this list would accompany it if I'm sending the box out. But okay. the box can be different depending on which lesbian's sending it, right? So, you know, it's a little trickier to make a top 10 straight white guy list. Y'all are born with the box. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like there is to some degree... <laughs> straight white guy content in just about every movie ever yeah, made, exactly. right? Like You're it, born into it. So so I kind of approach this from like a like a psychological, like a, a, a deeper perspective, which is it's not only movies that are like celebratory of guys being dudes or whatever, right? Because a lot of my favorite movies about straight white manhood are sometimes critical or, you know, examine sort of the psychological processes behind people. You, so it's all your list. Okay. You're the straight well, you're the straight white guy coming up with what a straight white guy. I think guy's you're gonna be like list. confounded and like just shocked this by probably, some of these selections. This is probably not the same list that, not. that Howard Stern would come up with for you. Certainly not. But so let's 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 get my started. My number ten is okay. one you're not gonna like at all. Okay. And it is Neon Demon. Yeah, I don't like that movie, as it's we've established. It's so good. Um, but Love it. certainly makes sense, I think. It totally makes sense on this list. And it's not going to hit, again, it's not going to hit every lesbian list, but this is on my list. Sure. And it is, it is a gorgeous film. It is a nasty little film, um, but it's a lot of fun, and it's very lesbian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I didn't rank mine, so I'm going to go alphabetically. So I'll just start with like the first on my okay. list. Um, I could have conceivably picked any movie by Martin Scorsese to go That's on this real. list. Um, but I'm I'm not going the sort of like dorm room Goodfellas poster okay. route because Scorsese is, if nothing else, he's a filmmaker who makes movies about strict codes that people follow that turn out to be prisons, right? And one of sure. those codes is like the gender role of masculinity explored in movies like Taxi Driver or Raging Bull, mm-hmm. right? Yep. These are guys who are super macho sort of guys yep. to whatever degree, but they you know, are kind of monstrous. And, and we see that a lot from Scorsese's right. anti-heroes. Uh, I'm going kind of a different route, though, uh, with After Hours from 1985, okay. which is a movie about how um, – Griffin Dunn wants to go get laid and instead finds himself stuck in a psychosexual nightmare. It's about, you know, a lot of sexual anxiety, uh, very, again, straight and white in its perspective as he kind of enters this urban uh, fun house of horrors. Um, And it's hilarious, right? But it speaks to this kind of underlying, uh, again, heterosexual male anxiety uh, that a number of the other films on my list are going to speak to as well. See, if I had made the list for you, I would have come in with number 10 at like Sausage Party. Top Gun. Sausage Party. Yeah. 
because you know, it's about number nine, good boys or whatever. Right. Okay, so my number nine is um, see if you can guess it when I do Jennifer Tilly's voice. Caesar, are you out there? Is that you in the hallway, Caesar? Is this is this bound? This is bound. Yeah. Number nine is bound. By Olana and Lily Wachowski. Love this film. Yeah. It's so much fun. And it is so campy in the best way possible. Of course. Of course. A, a, a good time. And th- what I love about this film is it was one of the first ones, actually. If you think, you know, about sort of moving through the world at the, in the era in which I'm moving through it. Uh-huh. This is one of the first ones where it doesn't end the way you think it's going of to. Of course. Because everything before this had kind of, at least it, it works at this campy level, yeah. everything before it had kind of gone the other direction, yep. if you know what I mean. Not yep. to spoil it for anybody, but go take a look at this one. It's a lot of fun. Well, the next one on my list is um, probably the straightest, whitest, malest movie to ever take place on the Broadway stage. It's Bob Fosse's All That Jazz. Great film. Which is what if, you know. That is the weirdest straight white guy film I can imagine. But, but I think get about what it. you're saying, but oh, this is not the list I thought I was going to It get. is all about how, you know, this sort it's of a womanizer, yeah. code of masculinity, you know, destroys this guy's life to some degree or drives mm-hmm. him to create art or kind of both simultaneously i mean it's it's self-excoriating to a degree yeah, right I, it's I'm, self-critical it's bob fossey's autobiography i see i see what you're saying i wasn't expecting it yeah no I, there are a couple more like the, the next one's gonna blow your mind i'm sorry in advance that's all right my number eight is another film that you don't love 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 okay uh but it is disobedience and which yeah. I, I like a lot more than most people and of course i don't hate looking at rachel weiss uh yeah no nothing it's wrong with that in, inner Rachel romance inner Rachel romance so what's yours what's what's up next uh eyes wide shut okay I think that's totally fair yeah. especially the path that you're going down I mean it's about how Tom Cruise um is, is he hears a you know a hypothetical cuckolding from his his wife Nicole Kidman and it sends him spiraling down a psychosexual odyssey yeah and I mean I think it's very much a dude movie it's in a lot very of ways much I mean I like movie. it a lot but it, it is dude perspective there's not a whole lot of feminine touch in this film yeah um okay my next one up is another one you hate okay and i acknowledge it's problematic but i'm still putting it on the list i still think it's an important film and i acknowledge all its issues but it's blue is the warmest color yeah man i know (laughs) i know and you know to quote candace when i delivered this she had a fit she can't stand this film and she said you know you watch the film and you go i wonder if that sex scene was directed by a man and turns out it was directed by a man yeah you really don't have to wonder there you, you go. really don't. Oh uh, boy. Well, I'm glad you like it. I, mean, I know. You're certainly, I hear you. You're I hear certainly you. not alone. You're certainly not alone. That's a very divisive movie. A lot it's of people a, really love it. I. It's a gut wrenching film that I feel like the. I feel like the relationship in it is, is really there. I, I get that it's directed by a man. I get all that, and and I attribute a lot of this to the performances from two brilliant women. But it, it the the relationship stuff feels like it's there. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Fight Club. Of course. Well, I mean, look, of it has course. to be on this list for several reasons. Yeah, I get, I get it you. is kind of like that eponymous dude movie of the 90s. But this I think movie it was, is all balls all the time. I think it was, a, you know, kind of coronated a dude movie by dudes who don't really understand it yeah. and don't really yeah. understand what it's yeah. going for. And I love totally. I kind of love it on both levels. I love it on the level of just like bros pounding the shit out of, out of each other when, you know, According to Chuck Palahniuk's original conception, they'd probably rather be pounding each other in a different way. That's kind of, mm. you know, uh, that sort of dynamic. Uh, but but also the sort of uh, satirical and and anti-consumerist bent that it takes. I love it. Well, my number six, and I know you're not going in any kind of order yeah. of, of rank, but I'm going in order of rank all the way up to the best, number one. Okay. My number six you're going to like. Okay. My number six is the one, the only, the classic Showgirls. Of course. Yeah. 
come on. This 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 should be on my list. Too. And it, and this should be on all right, lists. It should be all. It's overtly lesbian, but it's also lesbian under the surface, like you don't even know. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really. I mean, more and more, we we've come back around to this is this is performance art, basically, right? It's fantastic. Um, everybody totally misunderstood. They it. misunderstood it. Um. Oh, Esther House. Anyway, um, number five. Uh, or, or really, my, whatever yeah. H or G or whatever. We'll wherever say we number are. six, but okay. but it is a G. The G is for the graduate Mike Nichols, yep. nineteen sixty-seven. Dude problems. Um, dude problems. It sucks when you've got to sleep with somebody's mom, but it, then you like them, and they're younger and hotter. I'm just yeah. kidding. That that really doesn't do any justice to the film that this is. I mean, that is literally what happens, <laughs> but there's so much more going on under the surface about well, uh-huh. you know, just sort of uh, a young man finding himself at the cusp of adulthood and being too paralyzed and petrified to do anything until he falls into this sort of predatory affair with uh, this older woman and then kind of bumbles kind of bumbles into another sort of predatory romance with her daughter except in this one he's the predator and it's really fucked up and hilarious it's a great film it's so good so my number five might surprise you a little bit okay but it is high art I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I have not seen High Art, but I do like Lisa Cholodanko's other films. I, I think like. you should see it. Yeah, I, think I, you'd I really, should. And Ali Sheedy, which, uh, you know, I, I adore Ali Sheedy. Uh-huh. And Ali Sheedy is uh, incredible in this. Yeah. Incredible in this. Unfortunately, I you know, I have a little behind the scenes knowledge here because I know Ali um, and she, her perspective on this is very different because of the process of making it sure. and the process of releasing it. Uh-huh. And it was, she was not used to working on an independent level. And it, so the experience was, was not pleasant for her, I think yeah. for a number of reasons. Hmm. And I, I don't want to get too deep into that, but I hated to hear that because I think her performance is so amazing and I yeah. think she's so good in it. And it really is very, it feels so authentic because it is, it is really written from an actual, from, from it's, it's really biographical in many ways in a very, in, in very mysterious sense. So um Yeah. I, I love high art. It's a great film. I really like Laurel Canyon and the kids are all right. I don't think you like yeah. that one very much. No, do you? this is but, this is definitely yeah. way above. Okay. I'll check it out one day. Um my next one is look, okay. This is a filmmaker who makes a lot of films about the dark tendency that men have to want to control and inflict violence on women, which is not a very pleasant subject. I could have gone a number of ways with this, but the one that I think jumped out most prominently as the darkest or one of the darkest sort of examples of this told from a straight male perspective is David Lynch's Lost Highway. Yeah. um, Which is about a a, certain kind of dude movie. Yeah. It's about a guy who, you know, is so uh, consumed by jealousy about a woman that he, you know, commits a murder or possibly that splits him in half, possibly. You know, it's possibly. um, I almost went with Blue Velvet here, by the way. I think that's that's more of a dude movie, but it's still a certain type of dude movie. Yeah. That's it's it's they're both great. You know what I saw on my way to work this morning? What? A license plate that was none, Nine Inch Nails license plate. Oh. <laughs> I got my phone out. Like, I was, like, swerving across the road to get my phone out to take a picture. And it also had that, like, privacy cover over it. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, if you want to obscure your license plate, maybe have it be more than three letters. Was like, was uh, Robert Blake driving it? I mean, it was tinted windows, too, as I'm sure you could imagine. What kind of industrial bullshit do you think was going on that in that car? That could have been Trent. That could have been Trent himself. It could have been Trent. It was like a, you know, 
I can't remember. It was like an Ultima or something. Anyway, um, sorry for for derailing no, that, that was conversation. Important, that was important. Context. Really important note. No, <laughs> and it was an N space I space N. Anyway, yeah, they were down. In, they're it. down on it. I'm into it. Um, what is next? Am I next? You're next. Okay, my next film up is number four, and yes. it is Booksmart. I won't. Yeah, I won't go on too long about it because I've gone on too long about this film anyway. It's funny. It's great. It's sharp. It's flashy. It's um. It's a, g- a great film, and it definitely has that. You know, a character that is a teen film with a lesbian character, and I think that's really important. I mean, that's that's a pretty significant part of the film, right? Yeah, she's she's one of the sure. two leads, and that's one of the two sort of major plots of the film. Yeah, we even get a little. What I love about the approach here too, and I said I want to go on about it, but we even have a, a, a an obnoxious, sort of uncomfortable, uh, you know, messy sex scene like you would have in any kind of teen comedy, but in this case, it's a lesbian sex yeah. scene. So I love it. It's good stuff. Uh, my next movie is Howard Hawks, Rio Bravo, because I got to put John Wayne on this darn list yeah. somewhere, and this is one of my favorite John Wayne movies. Dude it's time. also about just guys being dudes. You know, sometimes a cadre of uh, uh, bad hombres are going to come riding into your your town, and uh, you don't have any help. Uh, you don't have any backup, so you got to take up arms with the town drunk, who's played by Dean Martin, and some kid played by Ricky Nelson, and some old codger played by Walter Brennan. And yeah, there's a lady, the Angie Dickinson's character. <laughs> we don't even need her, though. But she's a you know tough talking, self uh, self sufficient uh, lady, and she takes care of herself, and she doesn't brook any you know of John Wayne's nonsense. But of course, they're fond of each other because that's just the way these things go. It's a great, 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 great movie. One of my favorites from Howard Hawks. Well, my number three is probably the opposite of that. Uh-huh. And this one is all below the surface. But I dare you to watch this film. And and even though it's about young women losing their virginity to men, I don't think you can watch this film and not walk away and go, what the fuck was going on uh-huh. in that film? And it is Little Darlings. Yeah, I figured this would be on there It's somewhere. on there. It is on there. Tatum O'Neill, Christy McNichol. This film is so bizarre that it tries to be straight. And also <laughs> Matt Dillon looking like a lesbian. He gorgeous. She pretty in that. And um, yeah, there's just, I mean, I've gone on about this film a million times, yeah. but the food fight scene alone is just like, what is happening here subtextually? Okay. Matt, I'll be Matt Dillon, you know, she pretty in a lot of movies. She pretty She's in the house so that pretty. Jack built to She's bring so it back to Lars von Trier. Oh, whatever. She pretty till <laughs> neck got thick. Once Nat got thick, we move on to man time. I, but I think she, I, well, I, we keep calling her she. Uh, I think Matt Dillon, you know, he was looking pretty sharp in Asteroid City a couple uh, couple weeks ago. It's the weirdest performance in Little Darlings. Uh-huh. Like, if you've watched this for no other reason, just fast forward to the the crazy-ass performance he's doing, which is, like, very nasally and strange. Like, ooh. Um, it's the most dumbass he's ever been, and that's saying a lot. Well, my next movie is so straight and white that there's not a darn woman in it. Oh. Not a single darn one. It's just guys being dudes, but this time in an Antarctic research facility, and they're trying to uncover a shape-shifting alien among them. It's John Carpenter's The Thing cool. from 1982. There's um, bourbon. There's beards. There's computer chess, yeah. which is my model of masculinity. And yes, there are monsters that will assume your, your form and then, uh, when exposed, rend your flesh into all sorts of hideous um, atrocities. So it's great. My number two, I'm not going to go into it because I've been into it so damn much. It's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Only number two, huh? Yeah, because you know what number one's going to yeah. be. But go ahead with yours. 
Uh, this is Spinal Tap is my next one okay. because that's a kind of a, that's a man dude movie. hangout movie. That's a, for that's sure, a dude yeah. hangout movie. Um, that's a lot of fun. I don't really have much to say about it. I just wanted to get a, something a little bit more lighthearted on here, yeah. especially as we careen towards a extremely depressing final selection. Well, for my number one, when this le- when this list was being read in Candace's home uh-huh. and she was going down her list, one of the most lesbian things that could ever possibly happen in the history of the world happened, and both of us went number one, Carol. Right. It is number one on every lesbian's list. Yeah. If you don't agree with me, podcast at sidewalkfest.com. <laughs> let me know. And also, you're probably not a lesbian. Well, as not a lesbian, I think I slightly prefer Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but I think yeah, they're okay. both masterpieces. Well, Funny enough, we had that same conversation uh-huh. where Candace kind of said either one of those could kind of go whoop, whoop and and move back and forth. But I think we both landed on Carol because uh-huh. the, the something about the after effect of Carol it is it is a bit of a fever dream of a film. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you're certainly not going to get any pushback from me on well, this one. And you got the Kate Blanchett factor. Yeah, I mean, she's come on. just you come know, on, she's the she's best. blowing our minds. Yeah. So there you go, Lydia Tarr herself. Um, uh, my final selection is is another atypically straight white male selection, but it's a movie that's fresh on my mind because I just watched it, and it, to me, it speaks to this this very sort of distinctly masculine condition of living your life just clenched and non emotional, and then uh oh, all of a sudden you've reached the end of your life, and everybody hates your fucking guts, and you're a sad, lonely old man. And the movie is the sad, lonely old man movie from Ingmar Bergman, Wild Strawberries from 1957. Um, this is the strangest straight white man list brad was this what you thought was going to happen not at all folks i have never purported myself to be anything other than a strange straight white number one would be like the hangover that's what i was thinking but i'm not i'm not going for just like ticky tack bullshit like that i'm sorry i'm sorry for elevating the discourse okay i'm 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 gonna take i'm gonna put a twist on straight white masculinity uh y'all have to reconfigure your definitions oh, yeah. of that this wasn't what my plan include was, me yeah That's but right. we're supposed to, we're dumb why are you being so smart it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true um wild strawberries masterpiece all right there you go the number one dutiest <laughs> film of all time wild strawberries <laughs> just uh, the name alone i mean look i could i could fucking be like well pulp fiction and the boondock yeah, saints and boondock like fucking saints. you know that bullshit but like everybody has heard enough about that shit you, faces you know, of death you could go that route and plus i put fight club on there so it's not that's like true. i'm not without my concessions that's to the true. mainstream that's true uh anyway well there it was that, <laughs> that was the list that was Two the very list. different ones Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic AI and scriptwriter. Uh-oh. Um, I think it's safe to say I, I haven't talked to you about this. So forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth. But this is a pro-labor podcast. We're, yeah. we're kind of anti-AI hey, here. Hey, I'm especially. in a union. They don't do shit for me, educators <laughs> union. Are you in the Are you in the AA? I'm not because they are impotent they in this state. They can't do shit. I call every time I've ever called them and been like, hey, what do you think about this thing? What they, try, they tried to set my foot on fire today. What do you think about that? I don't know. They might be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's literally that level. Sorry to get political on here, but man, unions in Alabama. Turns out Norma Ray. Yeah, didn't she, work out. Didn't well, work out. You know that that's a, that was an uphill battle that she had. Yeah, to fight. really was really. Um, anyway, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be AI. Okay. I'll be AI. I will start talking like this. Whoa! Did, did she just 
turned into Haley Joel Osment. Am <laughs> I right, folks? Am I right? Actually, if I were AI, you wouldn't know. I might be AI. Haley you Joel Osment. It's a know. reference to AI, artificial intelligence, the Steven Spielberg movie. It was just a reference to to that and Gilmore Girls the other day. The other day it was a new episode. Of I mean, I said, every day is a new episode for me. Anyway, oh, you're a scriptwriter. I sure. That's that sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We want to thank Boutwell Studios. Yeah, thank you, Brad. You're welcome. And say, why don't you visit sidewalkfest.com? Get yourself a ticket to a movie that we're showing at the cinema or a pass to the 25th annual Sidewalk Film Festival, which is coming up real fucking soon. We're talking August 25th. First through twenty seventh, I believe those are the dates. Mm, but like sidewalkfest.com is where you can find an actual calendar that will provide you with reliable information and where you can get your passes and tickets and see what we're showing at the festival. Some good stuff coming up. We mentioned past lives earlier in this episode that will be playing at the 25th annual sidewalk film festival along with so many other movies so you're going to want to get those passes and not miss out on all the fun we'll see you there bye batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise